Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Ephesians. Today is episode 632. Look at Ephesians chapter 6, verses 5 through 9. Let's read our passage. Slaves, obey your human masters with fear and trembling, in the sincerity of your heart, as you would Christ. Don't work only while being watched as people pleasers, but as slaves of Christ. Do God's will from your heart. Serve with a good attitude as to the Lord and not to people, knowing that whatever good each one does, slave or free, he will receive this back from the Lord. And masters, treat your slaves the same way without threatening them, because you know that both their master and yours is in heaven, and there is no favoritism with him. This is Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus. Paul's in a two-year imprisonment under house arrest in Rome, awaiting disposition of his appeal to Caesar. We see him there at the very end of the book of Acts. And during this two-year period, he writes some letters. He's written a series of letters that he's sending via Tychicus. Tychicus is stopping at Ephesus and delivering this letter, then continuing on to Colossae and delivering a letter to the Colossian church and to Philemon. His purpose of this letter is to encourage the church at Ephesus. He spent three years in Ephesus on his third missionary journey, so he knows them, they know him, but he hasn't been there in several years, so he's helping them, giving them some additional theology, and encouraging them. He spent a lot of time talking about the theology of salvation, specifically salvation of the Gentiles, that this is a new thing, a mystery that's now been revealed. And now in chapters 4, 5, and 6, he applies some practical lessons to this, how to live. He's been talking about household issues. He talked about the relationship between husbands and wives. Then he talked about the relationship between children and parents. Now he's talking about the relationships between slaves and masters. One of the pushbacks against this is Paul doesn't seem to denounce the idea of slavery. Well, you got to remember who Paul's writing this to. He's writing it's just common people. It's not like they are going to do anything to stop slavery. He accepts the world as it is, and his, the application here is to live in the world in which you find yourself. And so if you are a slave, then this is how you are to live. Or if your family owns slaves, this is how you are to live. So Paul's given Christian principles to live by, not a Christian ideal to try and change the world to. So verse 5, he says, Slaves, obey your human masters with fear and trembling, in the sincerity of your heart, as you would Christ. So to highlight here, your human masters, and the underlying idea there is, there is a master who sees all, and everyone, both the masters and the slaves at the human level, are accountable to, and that is God. So he's speaking here about your human masters. Fear and trembling, Um, you see that phrase every now and then. That's just with sincerity and recognition of authority. So in the sincerity of your heart as you would Christ. Now he's saying it here the same way as he said to children, that part of your following Christ is, as a child is to obey your parents and honor your father and mother. Here he's saying, as a slave, part of your service to Christ is to be a good slave. And so, sincerely in your heart means don't fake it. Sincerely, do your best, just as you would obey Christ. 
Verse 6, don't work only while being watched as people pleasers, but as slaves of Christ. Do God's will from your heart. Well, his point here is you don't only work when you know you're going to get in trouble if you don't work. He says, you do your work, do it honestly, do it well, do it because you know God's watching, not only when people are watching. Now, the parallel passage is in Colossians chapter 3, verses 22 through chapter 4, verse 1. And it's very similarly worded. He uses many of the same phrases in both of these letters. Now, he ends verse 6 with to do God's will from your heart. And verses 7 and 8 are basically amplifying that. This is how you do God's will from your heart. Serve with a good attitude as to the Lord and not to people. It very closely matches the idea about don't be a people pleaser, but because God is watching, serve him. And then verse 8, knowing that whatever good each one does, slave or free, he will receive this back from the Lord. Then he addresses masters in verse 9. And masters treat your slaves the same way without threatening them. Well, the same way. What's he mean there? I think this points back to verse 6, where he told the slaves, do God's will from your heart. Then 7 and 8 amplified that, gave an example. This is what that looks like. And then verse 9, treat your slaves the same way, meaning to do God's will from your heart. He adds, because you know that both their master and yours is in heaven, and there's no favoritism with him. Now, what if you're a slave and you don't work for a believing master? Well, he says, then still do the best you can. Do the best job you can. Do it sincerely as to the Lord. What if you're a master and your slaves are not believers? Same thing. Treat them well. Treat them with dignity. Treat them well because you know that their master and your master in heaven is watching. Now, this passage, like the passage in Colossians, is directed towards slaves and masters. That's what it applies to. can't say it applies directly to anything else. But there are some implications for us today, some truths to take away. And some of these are you could apply to an employer-employee relationship, but not directly because that's not slaves and masters. Even though many employees feel like slaves, you can still quit and leave if you want. Slaves couldn't do that. So some of the implications for today are, one is a theology of work. And, and the call is to do your best. Do your best to do your job. Do it wholeheartedly, whether anybody's watching or not, whether you're going to get extra rewards or not. Do your best because God is watching and expects you to do your best. Do your job honestly and don't try to cut corners, get away with things and fudge the time clock. Have a high degree of ethics in your work. The implication from the employer aspect is that the dignity and equality of all people doesn't matter where people are in the pecking order of a company hierarchy. All people are created in the image of God and have equal dignity and equal worth. And so treat people with dignity. Don't treat some people better than others. Treat everyone with dignity. And then take away with uh, the idea of a Christian perspective on a life situation. 
For the slave, the idea there is, if you're a slave, then be the best slave you can and do well and do your work in a God-honoring way. Now, for today, the application would be what life circumstance you find yourself in that you can't change. You may have some kind of handicap. Well, instead of feeling sorry for yourself and bemoaning all that and asking, why did God do this to me? Do the best you can in spite of the handicap and what you do, do it in a God-honoring way or sickness or whatever it happens to be. If you're incarcerated, well, you're likely there because of your own actions. However, the question is, what are you going to do now? You can't change that fact, but be the best prisoner you can and do it in a God-honoring way. So the takeaways from here are, are just that. There are implications, there are truths within this. The direct application of this passage is to slaves and masters. But we can learn from this things like the theology of work, theology of life circumstances, and the, the dignity and equality of all people. This completes the section talking about the household code, is what all people often call it, the relationships between members of the family and even considering slaves extended family. It's basically about to sum up these life lessons and how to put the theology to work in life, speaking about the armor of God, which we'll deal with next time. So thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Ephesians.